Hi again, everybody. I'm Tim Muma, and you're locked on to localjobnetwork.com radio and the podcast Management Decisions. Here we call upon the expertise of our guests to discuss topics that are important to upper management, including the owners themselves. And they are the target audience for this episode as we discuss some keys to selling your business most effectively. On the phone to talk about this subject, we have Kevin Short joining us. Kevin is the managing partner and CEO of Clayton Capital Partners, a leading middle market M&A advisory firm. He's also the author of Sell Your Business for an Outrageous Price, an insider's guide to getting more than you ever thought possible. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure, Tim. Good morning. So the first question that pops into my mind when I read uh, the title of the book is, how exactly do you describe or define an outrageous price for an owner? Yeah, we struggle with that. We eventually came to the following definition. An outrageous price is defined as receiving a sale price equal to or greater than two times the average industry multiple of earnings. Okay. So if the, if the average in your industry is a four times earnings valuation, then eight or above would be an outrageous price by our definition. Sure, sure. So do you feel that uh, a lot of owners really underestimate what they can get or what they are really able to, again, maybe figure out what this outrageous price is for themselves? Well, I don't know if a lot of them underestimate. I I think they definitely do not look at this as a possibility. Okay. So, and this isn't for everybody. I mean, not everybody's going to get an outrageous price because as it lays out in the book, it lays out what are the criteria, what are the characteristics of a company that gets an outrageous price? It's not everybody. Right, right. How about when it comes to the idea of attitude? I saw that as being a part of one of the notes that I had seen regarding where your mind frame is when you're looking to sell, when you're trying to you know, go through the entire process. What's important there when you're, when, as far as attitude goes? Well, a couple, a couple of different ways. There's four pillars to the whole process. The third pillar is the attitude, the stomach lining, of the seller, the, the owner of the business. If they are uncomfortable playing high stakes poker, because you're, you're talking about <laughs> millions of dollars here in, right. in the difference. If they're not comfortable doing that, then I wouldn't start it because the buyers are going to call your bluff. Hmm. These are professional buyers and they're not going to give away twice the average price on a whim. We've got to convince them, A, that it's worth it, and B, we're not going to take a nickel less. Right. And so they're, they're going to they're gonna challenge that. Uh, the other attitude piece is make sure you have advisors who buy into the concept. I've had deals where the client's attorney is saying, there's no way you can get twice the average multiple for this business. Why would anybody do that? Because hmm. they don't understand the uh, fundamentals of it. And so we have to get them off the team. Because if they communicate that to the buyer, that uh, this company could be sold for less, then that kills the whole process. So how does that relationship work between the owner, him or herself, with the advisor? And like you brought up there, it might be a thing where they're not sold or they are not buying into the concept, who's really in charge? Where do you let the uh, the advisors take over? How does that how does that work? What's that balance like? Well, it depends on the client. You know, I have my own attorneys when I'm doing my own deals and I fully believe I'm in charge. They're there working for me. Right. But there are some clients who don't do a lot of M&A that they believe that the attorney's in charge okay. and the attorneys will sell that idea to them. So that gets a little bit more difficult. Sure. Of course, another question that people always bring up, or at least the idea of, is there a right time or the best time to sell to be able to get this this huge price that you're looking for? Some people throw out, it's just got to be you know, everything coming together at the right time. And again, understanding every situation is different. Do you see any trend as far as when really is the best time to sell? No, there are no uh, exterior forces. So there are no macro trends. Getting outrageous prices 
because of the underlying fundamentals of it, really has very little to do with the economy okay. or debt or you know the debt markets or interest rates or any of that. It's a very unusual setting, but there is a right time. Predicting the time is very hard to do until you get into it because sure. at the end of the day, you know the, the second pillar of the four pillars is finding the right buyer. In a normal situation, we might have 100 buyers look at a company, but in the outrageous format, you're going to have one or two hmm. that are candidates to do this. So you've got to find them. You've got to develop a theory as to why they should pay this, and then you have to convince them of that. So it's, it's a little bit more complicated and drawn out. So they may not be in the buy mode at that moment. They may not agree that they need to buy my client and pay twice the amount of money. They, they may not see the value yet. Right. So part of our job is, is to monitor them and to see if maybe all of a sudden whatever pain or gain my client can cause them, maybe that will become more important over time. And do you have any general ideas of when you're dealing with uh, the buyer? Again, maybe you have that one or two that you are really focused on. How are you pitching it to them? How are you presenting it to them? You mentioned the uh, the pain and gain idea. What's sort of the philosophy in, in being able to sell to that that individual buyer? Well, ideally, we, we would prefer to whet the appetite, bait the hook, so to speak, of the buyer. I don't want to call the buyer and say, hey, we've got this great company we want you to pay twice the value for. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work very well. But if we can make them uh, become aware of the company third hand, not necessarily from us, but maybe our, our client's winning awards or maybe our client is winning bids from, the, from them in a particular niche, things that we do to design getting attention so that that buyer calls the client and says, why don't we sit down and talk to you about selling? Okay. And that, that's a much better place to say, to set the table for a big price than if we call them. Right. You touched on uh, two of the four pillars. You touched on the second one in, in the right buyer and the third one on attitude. Let's go to number one. Where, where does someone start when you're talking about these pillars of getting that outrageous price? Yeah, the first place we'd start with them is trying to assess, is there something that they're doing inside the company that could cause a very large player the opportunity to pick up a lot of gain, a lot of profit, dramatic profit? Are they doing something that's causing that company a lot of pain? Hmm. Uh, we sold companies that were, that were, you know, basically the Goliath was caused a lot of pain by our, our client, David, and so they paid a, a big multiple to get rid of them. So we've got to assess the and quantify the pain or the gain that they can cause the big player in our industry. That's a big deal. And then number two is, is finding that big player. The big player better be a billion-dollar kind of player because <laughs> at the end of the day, they've got to pay for our client out of cash. They can't go to the bank and finance right. an outrageous price. No hmm. bank's going to finance that. Third, we talked about the stomach lining of the seller. And fourth is the advisory team. They've got to be on board with the concept of this because it's very delicate. If you don't handle it right, if you give any indications at all, you'll sell for less than an outrageous price, then the buyer will never come up to that price. Now, with all this factored in, of course, as you mentioned, every situation is going to be different. How much do things change if it's a family-owned business, You know, something that's been in a family for a long time and maybe you're looking to sell outside of that? Does that make things more complicated? Are emotions involved? What would you say is, is the difference there, if any? Yeah, most of my clients are family-owned businesses. So the only thing that's relevant in this conversation, talking about outrageous price, is making sure the family's on board. Okay. In a normal situation, when you go out to market and you, you do a broader search, you have time to work through all the family dynamics. In this case, you don't have that time. Hmm. In the event that you get a, a big buyer on the line, 
and you're trying to set the hook. You can't be distracted by the son, son-in-law, nieces and nephews that want to buy the business. Uh, they can't pay a two times multiple or right. two times the average price. So you need that all to be buttoned down before you go to market. And then when somebody is looking to possibly sell, is there a time frame for planning ahead? Uh, I know I did a show in the past where they're talking about five, 10 years ahead of time. Is that something that you recommend? Do you talk about that? How much is that a factor as far as the, the planning ahead of time to take care of all this? If you're going to do a normal sale, I don't need a lot of time. Okay. But if they want to talk about it, uh, I would be more than willing to talk about it to anybody to give them the things to work on. For an outrageous price, I need, I need, ideally, I need a little bit of time to study the market and to kind of polish them up to get the attention of the um, of the best buyer. That, sure. That's important. So a little bit of time, six months, a year, two years would be helpful if, if we're going to try to get an outrageous price. Another point that uh, had come across was the idea of minimizing risk when you're looking to sell your business for that outrageous price. What risks are you talking about and how maybe can you give a, a point or two on how you can minimize risk? Sure. One of the things you worry about is that if you do try to sell the business, once you commit to doing that, you don't want to have a failure. Mm. So it's important on how you structure the negotiations and the, the deal so that once the buyer commits and you commit to them that they're going to be your buyer, that they don't uh, eat back out or attempt to retrade the deal. It's pretty common for these large buyers to attempt to retrade deals, meaning I've agreed to give you $10 million. Now I'm going to go into a letter of intent in, in due diligence. You know, by the way, we found this and that, and we only want to give you $7 million. Mm. By this time, the company's off the market. Uh, you're already counting your money. Uh, <laughs> so there's ways to protect the inside. So that's that's a big part of what we do because one of the reasons clients hire us is not, not only to get them a lot of money, but to make sure the deal closes. So we're, we're a form of insurance to close the deal. Okay. Along those same lines, a little bit possibly, is the idea of confidentiality. How big is that? How important is that in terms of, again, getting that outrageous price versus, you know, maybe what the, the market as a whole would, would argue you're worth. Confidentiality to my clients is maybe the biggest reason they don't attempt to sell. They're very worried about it. When you're a 10, 20, 30 million dollar business, you don't want the billion dollar company out there knowing you're for sale until you're ready. Mm -hmm. uh, until, and it, we have to manage that so that the CEO of the billion dollar company doesn't tell the sales force, doesn't tell anybody. We, we, we lock down who who has access and how they get access, we've put in to, using the cloud, we've got protection systems in place so that any data they get, they get it through our cloud portal, which then can be used in court to prove if they breach the confidentiality, sure. which they don't. These big companies don't do it, but we have extra protection to make sure they don't breach. And so as a result, we don't, we don't have any breaches of confidentiality uh, any longer. It's been a long time since we've had one. Well, you, you brought up an interesting point there that, you know, making sure like the CEO doesn't mention it to the sales team or anything like that. Does that seem more like that's something that could happen versus someone going out and, you know, blabbing it to, a, you know, another business or something that internally something gets leaked out and that becomes an issue? Yeah. If you're talking to big buyers, your issue is going to be their sales force. Okay. You don't worry about the CEO going to the club and talking about it. Right. He's so far removed from your client that there's probably no intersection there of common database, common people. And also the CEOs of these companies know the risk of uh, breaking non-disclosure agreements. So you worry about them talking to their sales force because the sales force, by definition, are generally going to be more chatty and they're going to be out on the street closer to the level of your company. Right. And so you, you worry about that a lot. 
Well, I think you've given us some great you know, insight into this area. It's obviously a subject that a lot of uh, you know business owners would be interested in hearing more about. Um, obviously, you have the book, Sell Your Business for an Outrageous Price. The question also that comes up with any of these subjects that we discuss on the show is mistakes. So we've talked a lot about um, you know areas where um, it could be beneficial for the owner. What is the most common mistake or what are some common mistakes that often occur that you see really sort of undermine getting that outrageous price? A couple of them. Uh, quality of the financial data entrepreneurs also often overlook, uh, making sure they've got very good accounting advice and internal controls. And then the quality of the management team is, is important, very important. Often there's a big drop off below the owner. Okay. As far as management talent. Sure. And third is intellectual property. If you've got anything that can be trademarked, copyrighted, patented, I would investigate doing that. The buyer will feel more comfortable paying an outrageous price for it because because it is protected. Right. Oh, I think that's a that's a great insider tip there. I think as far as those little things that maybe you don't think about and tying up those loose ends. We are getting low on time here, but I did want to give you the floor at the end. We like to give our listeners a final takeaway from our guests and just anywhere you'd want to go with this, any points we didn't bring up, anything you'd like to emphasize in terms of being able, again, sell your business for that outrageous price. No, I guess the takeaway would be uh, you'd be surprised at the number of businesses that have the characteristics to, to attempt to do this. So I wouldn't sell yourself short if you own a business and you think you this can never happen in a million years. Buy the book, give me a call, whatever it takes, and make sure you, you vet it. Uh, carefully before you ever make that decision to not do it. Many sellers are of the mindset, you know, if I sold for a five multiple, that wouldn't be enough to set me up for retirement, but a 10 could be. Hmm. So this is one one of the reasons people uh, retain us uh, to do this is because it does solve their retirement issues. All right. Well put. With that, we will wrap up this edition of Management Decisions. Again, we've been talking about really the the best ways, some ideas, some tips to sell your business for an outrageous price. We've been speaking with Kevin Short today. He is the managing partner and CEO of Clayton Capital Partners. Kevin, thanks again for coming on, sharing some insight. Uh, We do appreciate the time and the uh, insight today, as I mentioned. Thanks, Tim. I enjoyed it. And again, if you are interested in finding out more, getting more details, you can find Kevin's book. It is Sell Your Business for an Outrageous Price, an insider's guide to getting more than you ever thought possible. Also, if you're interested in getting in touch with us as well, you can send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. 